Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Retro Review with Rob and Terry. I am Rob. And this is Terry. Terry, it's episode 90. Yeah, 90% of the way to 100. That's right. We were only 10 episodes away from the top 25 musical acts. Which I still have not broken down yet and am worried (laughs) about doing. But we are doing the Friends episode... The one where everybody finds out. I've watched this episode at least three times, four times this week. Oh, really? I say I yeah. watched it one time, but I see what I did was different. I went all the way back to when Joey found out, watched that episode, okay. and watched a few in between, almost all of them, then the one where Rachel finds out, and those episodes, and then... I should have done that. Instead of watching it four times, I should have watched a couple of those. That's a good idea. And then the first few minutes of the following episode after this one to try to get a feel for everything and soak it all yeah. in. Because it's all one big storyline, which was which was great. I forgot how great this episode was. This is a fantastic Friends episode, and I'm excited to talk about it. I got lots of notes, oh, good. lots of opinions, good. and uh, we're going to have some fun with this episode. And like I said, episode 90, another milestone. Um, but we're going to look at some celebrities who are 90 years old. Jeez. I have three for you, Terry. All right. That you would recognize. Number one, John Williams. And uh, composer? Yep. Did the Star, Star Wars, Wars music. Thing. Yeah. He is a legend. And I'm of the opinion that Star Wars is never reaches its heights without John Williams, you know, writing the score. That that music is iconic, and anywhere you hear it, even if you never watched Star Wars, you know that music is from Star Wars because yep. it was so impactful and just so memorable and so well done. I mean, I've used uh, Star Wars themes on my phone when, we, when I used to have ringtones, you know? Right. <laughs> Ruby even has played the, what is it, the, the Imperial March on uh, Alexa. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I briefly for a while knew how to play it on guitar. Really, and dun, uh, dun, 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 yep. Dun, yep. it's not that hard. It's just you remove. It's it's not chords. It's just individual notes. So trying to remember, memorize. But I could play it for a while. I haven't played guitar in a while. I started broke it out tonight because I'm trying to get back. I hate that I let it you know go for a while. So. Now my fingertips are sore. <laughs> yeah, you use so, it, don't use it, you lose it. That's right. Um, but yeah, John Williams is ninety years old. Here's one other one for you, Terry. Jenny Craig. <laughs> I, I I I never I don't know if I've ever seen a picture of Jenny Craig. I just knew there was a weight loss thing. I know. Yeah, I knew who she was. I'd never seen a picture of her before. But uh, good for yeah, her. Jenny Craig. They have her listed as an entrepreneur. So, yay, Jenny. Good for her. And my final one is none other than my grandma martin is 90 years old yes she is and yeah and she, still working yeah and she hasn't looked any different in the entire time i've known her <laughs> she, she's like a vampire she doesn't age no she doesn't get she's not gray she got that well, she's dark. got some gray now she's, she's got, got some gray now and i thought my whole adult life that she simply dyed her hair and she swears up and down that she has never dyed her hair and she just started getting gray in her you know upper 80s yeah and yeah her hair is almost completely black save for what she's got recently but yeah yeah 
always looked the same, just the same person, and carried herself, moved the same speed, in my opinion. But <laughs> yeah, she's still, uh, she's still, you know, going strong. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Love Betty Martin. <clears throat> yep, my grandma is the biggest celebrity I know, who's ninety years old. <laughs> well, now we'll take a quick look at some celebrities who are who were born. In 1990, Terry Emma Watson. Okay. The Weekend. Yay. I actually like his songs, but his super. I think we've talked about this. I think a couple of times. I thought his Super Bowl performance sucked. Yeah. Um, it wasn't necessarily his fault. That was the COVID Super Bowl, and uh, he spent the whole time singing to the camera, not to the few hundred people that they actually allowed in the stadium or whatever. Yeah, I thought it was funny. He got a. Uh... That Nickelodeon award, whatever their awards are, for best song about a song yeah. about doing too much cocaine and you can't feel your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's weird. That's as bad as people playing "I Will Always Love You" by Whitney Houston at their wedding, which it's actually a breakup song. Mm, yes. So, but yeah, the weekend. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence was born in 1990. Okay, she got a lot. Margot done. Robbie. Margot Robbie, too. Yeah, that's a good year. Um, <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly was born in 1990. I, yeah, okay. Along with Iggy Azalea, Kristen Stewart, oh, Liam I thought, Hemsworth. I thought Kristen Stewart was a boy in the movie Panic Room. My mom's like, no, no, honey, that's a that's a girl. <laughs> when she was I don't a get kid. the appeal. No, nah, I don't either. Yeah, I... But then again, I hated Twilight, so that probably hurts a little bit. Yeah, her face is just like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Hyland from Modern Family was born in 1990. That show was a riot. Yeah. I'm about to go through that one uh, again sometime. Let's see. Who else we got here? John Benet Ramsey was born in 1990. Jeez. Did I ever figure out what that was? What happened? I don't know. I feel like I read something about it a couple of years ago, but I can't remember what I read. I just know it was never. There's so many rumors of what happened there, but yeah, nothing. Yeah. I, I know nothing was official because I would make big news if something <coughs> uh, yeah. came out and a cold case was solved. Yeah, uh, internet Clay detectives Thompson. constantly say, working on stuff. Yeah, it's just it's it's bizarre. It is really bizarre um, that they were never able to figure out anything. So somebody got away with murder is what happened. Exactly. Disgusting. Uh, Clay Thompson, speaking of disgusting, Clay Thompson was born in 1990. <laughs> uh, Luke Combs, a country singer, who I've never seen a picture of till right now, and you don't get any more country singer looking than Luke Combs. <laughs> looking at him for the, for the first time. And Terry, I have noticed something about the list that I've been using they're only focusing on like media celebrities in a lot of these lists. So yeah. I went ahead and looked up some athletes who were born in 1990 because that's where we're going to start seeing people we really know. Yeah. Uh, Paul George. Yeah. Was born in 1990. Really? That's Brittany it? Griner. Brittany Griner was born in 1990. That one I can believe. I'm sure she is happy to be home. I bet. Yeah. I bet she doesn't go back to play in Russia again. 
Nah, nah. She's good there. Robert Griffin III, who was a brief flash in the NFL and just fizzled out. Really quickly, man. He was fancy yeah. gold for a couple of years there. Oh, yeah. RG3. John Wall, former University of Kentucky, college yeah. basketball player, excellent point guard. Yeah. Jose Altuve was born in 1990. Dude's an outstanding baseball player. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mario Balotelli, who's a soccer player, I think. Mm, good for him. DeMarcus <laughs> Cousins, Seth Curry, Draymond Green, Jake Esch. No? Baseball player? I thought you would know that one. No. Let's see. And then uh, yeah, that's about it. Not a, not a great year for athletes. Yeah, we missed a lot of them because we... <laughs> Well, we're still that that puts him at thirty two, so we're still heading into some prime athletic years in the upcoming episodes. Cause I mean twenties are really where you're gonna have your guys that are hitting right now. Yeah. So Well yeah, that's uh that's it for Celebrity Corner for the silly stuff, Terry. We're gonna get into some rants and raves. I've got a rant, Terry. Alright. I've got two rants. Me too. I read this week that the White House is considering a ban on gas stoves. Really? Yes. What's uh, their thought process on that? Oh, because we got to save the planet. Same old, same old. You know, the Earth is dying. You can't support people. It's gonna, it's gonna be all over in ten years. The sky is falling. <laughs> now they're talking about doing a ban on gas stoves. And the funniest part was of it is that obviously. People have comments, and there are certain members of Congress. I'm looking at you, certain members of Congress, and I'm looking at you, AOC, who can't resist a little Twitter beef. What you do now? So she went off on saying something along the lines of, "There's part of the gas that's emitted contains this ke- chemical, and that can prove as there's studies that show it can it uh, it can interfere with cognitive ability." And so then, of course, everybody's putting up all these pictures that she's taken from her Instagram lives or whatever, where she's cooking something on a gas stove. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't you? If you're going to say some stupid crap, I mean, get ready to for the backlash and people giving it to you. This is these environmental nut jobs, these end of the world fetishists, are getting out of control. They are doing serious damage to the average person's way of life. Do you realize, Terry, that by 2030, California, I may have that year wrong, but it's right in that area, California will no longer allow any gasoline-powered trucks. Trucks? uh, Semis. Really? Yeah, I heard something about that. 2035, maybe. But they're phasing out and will not allow gas-powered trucks. Semi trucks, you know, our supply chain. Yeah. And well, they got the electronic ones going. And I mean, I, I get a lot of it is you don't want to just use up all the oil. That That's one thing. You want to try to reserve, uh, make sure you don't use up all the resources. So we got to start moving in another direction with, with gas as well. That part of it, I understand. This cognitive stuff, it's like, get out of here with that. That's, that's a dumb reason for this. But. <sighs> 
making sure we don't use up all our resources is okay important. I mean, I know we need to kind of cut back on certain things and start planning for the future because, I mean, look at a lot of stuff out here. We're, I mean, was it the uh, uh, Arizona or where is it? that's really nervous about losing a lot of hydroelectric power because everything's drying up over there. Great Salt Lakes, they're predicting, might be completely dry by uh, end of the decade. You know, they've been predicting these dire, you know, catastrophic events, catastrophic events for decades now. Yeah, there's a uh, lot of things that are have come to fruition though. Too, it's just I'm just saying they they, met, they got. But you people- realize that though. If you're going to put all electric cars on the highways, it takes more fossil fuels to power the power plants that are powering the electricity pumped to run those cars than to put gasoline in the cars. I don't know, man. They'll figure something out. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely... I'm not afraid for the earth. I'm not afraid that the earth is going to be... You know, sucked dry by the population. I'm also one of that one of those people that believes that there's that we're overpopulated. We're nowhere near overpopulated on this planet. Cities are overpopulated. Yeah. The planet is not. They say I can we're gonna prove ca- it using math. <laughs> They're gonna we're gonna cap out around 10 billion is what the experts think. And there's a lot of smart people that are re- doing lots of measurements, lots of things, saying, "Okay, okay, this is where we're at. We need to try to plan and not just go." Uh, full on use this crap to death and not change at all. So I mean, I get that part of it. It does change our way of life and it is annoying. But there's some of the stuff we have to change. I'm much harsher, Terry. I'm much less on that same side as you. But like I said, you uh, and I aren't these uh, scientists out there. These okay, but people scientists that do- have an agenda too. Yeah. And guess what? Let me ask you a question, Terry. I'm not or, talking or, agendas. Just I'm just talking just plain fact kind of things. Well, okay. Facts can be manipulated. You know that very well. Let me ask you a question using mm-hmm. logic to show you where I'm coming from. If you're a scientist and you want to get your studies, your research funded, you have to go to places to get that funding. These These scientists are not billionaires. So if you're trying to get funding... The nature of your research will determine whether or not you get that funding. Yeah. So if you're going to pos- propose research to say, hey, uh, this climate hype is overblown, guess what? You're not getting funding. Yeah. You know who is getting funding? The people stand up and say, hey, I have a, a, uh, I have a model that shows that Manhattan's going to be underwater in five years if we don't force every American to give up their gas stove. <laughs> now – that research is going to get funded. Any government funding for research is not going to go to people trying to disprove disprove the climate hysteria. The only funding is going to people who are, you know, going with the status quo and uh, doing the kind of research that's going to keep the people in power happy. And right now, our culture has bought into this kind of an idea that, you know, we're destroying the planet. We're not. Um, the Earth is very strong and resilient. It survived worse than us, and yeah. uh, it'll be fine. We will be fine. Yeah, like the the cleaning up oceans initiative. I mean, things like oh, yeah, that. I'm, There's lots I'm of things. I'm all for clean water. Yeah, I'm all for clean water, clean air. Don't dump your trash out in the middle of the ocean. That kind of stuff I'm fine with. Yeah. But this notion that I can't drive a car anymore because of the emissions that it causes, that's stupid. The fact that I couldn't have a, a gas stove 
And as I'm saying, then you rely on the electric grid, and you see all across the country the electric grid's unreliable. Yeah. They're what they're doing, Terry, is they're trying to uh, systematically lower our expectations for what our standard of living should be to the point where we're all dependent on government assistance, and then they've got you, and then the government is absolute control. That's my tinfoil hat conspiracy talk for episode ninety. I guess so. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not leaning that hard that way. Uh, I, my naivete, naivete makes me want to believe that everybody is a, generally a good person and looking out for the best interest of not just themselves but everybody around them. Uh, is that always the case? Hell no. But I, I want to believe that, and if I start getting feeling like you i'm gonna be a lot angrier and unhappy about things (laughs) this is why i listen to really heavy metal music because it brings my anger level down (laughs) (laughs) uh terry you said you had some rants uh yeah sarah and i went on a date on friday night it was just just go and see a movie that's all we did because ruby was going to see a hockey game with grandpa and we decided to go check out the new horror movie megan did you see the previews for that? I didn't see the previews, but I saw... I've, I've heard of the movie. I don't know anything about it. A lot of people are comparing it to uh, Child's Play with Chucky and all that. It's not okay. really. Um, it's more closer to iRobot with uh, this animatronic doll that has artificial intelligence and learns and tries to be the best companion it can be to the child that it's given to. Well, okay. of course... This, this goes horribly wrong, Yeah, I because <laughs> something happened to this girl, and the programmer had said, you are, your main goal is to protect her, you know? And it goes a little too far, and then it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse throughout the movie as she gets smarter. And Okay. Yeah, she's about four foot tall, but <laughs> really strong, really crazy. Four feet of fury, huh? <laughs> All right. The movie by itself, I actually enjoyed the movie. I thought it was it was it was a decent movie. The rant I have here is we went at seven o'clock on a Friday night. Oh. And you know, we didn't think much of it. But when we walked in, I'm sitting there waiting in the concession line to get drinks and I look around and I look leaned down to Sarah and said, There's a lot of teenage girls here right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is at least uh, <laughs> close to 100 in our immediate vicinity. Oh, my gosh. And she's like, eh, you know, whatever. Eh, what's the big deal? I was like, I'm just Where'd saying. Where'd you guys go, Sunnyland? No, we went to the rave because we were out in Peoria okay. already. And that was, time-wise, the best one to go to. Okay. So uh, we're sitting in our seats, and they la- these girls are laughing throughout like the whole movie anytime the doll's doing anything. And even when it's supposed uh-huh. to be a serious moment, I'm trying to tune them out because I know it's not supposed to be a serious moment. There are some dark humor. There is some dark humor in this movie that is okay. gen- uh, actually funny. Uh, but yeah, it just took away from the experience. It was like watching, I don't know, Breaking Bad with a laugh track. Oh, geez. Yeah, that would be a bummer. Yeah, it it, it just messes everything up. So. Uh, like I said, still enjoyed the movie, but I would probably want to watch it again at home because if you look at the reviews, it's got like a ninety something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's okay. 
It's a legit. Like movie. I said, I had seen I had seen that there was a movie called Megan. I had no clue what it was about. Yeah, yeah. So young girl has her parents die in a car accident. She's the only survivor. Has to go live with her aunt, who is a head of some toy developing thing. With a, I don't know. She originally they had something yeah. like a Furby, and they went and okay. she'd been pr- privately working on this new toy. And she presents it to the board, and they go nuts for it. And but yeah, all right, it's crazy. Anyways, good movie. Don't go see it with a hundred girls, teenage girls in a theater with you. We ran into a similar prob- problem when uh, we went and saw uh, Black Adam. Really? Yeah, it was a bunch of teenagers just talking through the movie. You know, just being teenagers you know i'm sitting there like mm-hmm. i'm trying to i'm trying to check myself I'm like you're you're being old okay they're teenagers they're just having fun but at the same time i'm like i just paid 40 bucks for all three of us to come see this movie you know i want to watch it you know what i would like uh, this is this is a this is an idea i think would go pretty far if they could figure out how to do it be able to bring your headphones to a theater have uh the whole theater experience right here on your ears instead of all around you, uh, but still have the full sound and immersion experience while watching the movie. Where you just—that's an interesting uh, idea. Pick up your headphones that are plugged and plugged right into your seat, and go. That way you have no distractions unless somebody's touching you on the shoulder. You know. Yeah. That uh, I'm sure it wouldn't be a bad idea. I'm sure there's some out there like that, but. Uh, yeah, we had the same problem when we went and saw No Way Home the second time because Sarah hadn't seen it. Ruby's like, oh my gosh, Mom, you got to see it. You'll love it. And <laughs> so, so Sarah appeased her, and we went, and it was in Sunnyland this time. And, yeah, kids, they just got dropped off. <laughs> Loud as right. can be. Speaking of no, movies, though. Back, it, wasn't, it wasn't Black Adam. I think it was Black Panther. Oh, Black Panther. Kind of forever. Yeah. yeah, there's not much humor in that movie, so you get no, a lot of people talking. talking. And cutting up. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the two of them. Now I can't remember which one. I think the slowness of that movie led for a lot of opportunities to talk. You need something that's fast-paced, like uh, Endgame, where it's three hours, yeah. but you blink of an eye, it's over. I can't wait to rewatch Black Panther uh, 2 on Disney Plus when it comes, because I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, it, was, it was a decent movie. Definitely liked the first one better. Ant-Man's coming up. You and I have been talking about going to see it, and I think... Generally, when I go to the rave and the IMAX, people have paid extra money to sit in an IMAX and watch this movie, and they have to pick out their seats and everything ahead of time, so it's like they usually are more respectful of those around them. Anyways. All right, did you have another rave? or I'm sorry, another rant before we go on. I've got one other rant, but I I think we're going to share it in a weird way. Well, Uh, I was going to say... it's, it has to do with Demar Hamlin, which was my rave this week, and that he was released from the hospital, which is great, great news. And I really, I, I want this comeback story so bad. I want him to bounce back. Maybe not next year, but sometime. He's still so young for him to bounce back and come back to the NFL. So awesome that he got released, and hopefully it just keeps getting better for him. However, my rant tied in with him is the NFL's handling of the playoffs. Because okay. yeah, I I know it's but the a nightmare scenario didn't happen, right? Which is that they were going to have to do a coin flip to determine the location of the game. That didn't happen. No, but check it out. 
if the Bills got to play one more game, they have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And Kansas City's got to play the wild card weekend, not Buffalo. So now, because of what happened... Well, I mean, what do you do? I mean, I guess we... I, I was Here's what my, my plan would have been. It's like, okay, we stopped this game. We ain't playing this game. But next week, if Buffalo loses, we don't worry about anything. If Kansas City loses and Buffalo wins, we don't have to worry about anything. But they both won, which meant that if Buffalo had played that game against the Bengals and finished it and won that game, they're number one seed. Now they're not. I don't I can like see what it. that would be. I just don't see another option because you can't really just move the playoffs because I was thinking about that more after we talked about it. When the NFL had to do that one other time where they took away the bye week uh, between the, the last play, the, the conference championships and the Super Bowl, they had all year to prepare for that. Because mm-hmm. it was 9-11. And when 9-11 happened, they didn't play football that Sunday, that following week. And they were able to reschedule those games for that last week and push the playoffs back. We're two weeks away from the playoffs. Yeah. Those stadiums have already hired people to work there. They've planned their food orders for that weekend. Their liquor deliveries, they've planned all that. Hotels are already booked. But nothing was set in stone until this weekend, this past weekend. That's a good point too. I don't know. I guess. I guess I kind of just. I said, yeah. They were probably. They were in a terrible spot. The NFL yeah. was for trying to figure out how to handle this and how to navigate it. Now, if Buffalo they were. got the short end of the stick, if you want to be heartless, you say, well, you know, you were. You're, it's your player who got hurt. You know. It's you, you. You know. What do you want us to do? We can't. We can't change the whole schedule this late in the game, and so. You know, you did not get a chance to finish that game. Life is tough. You're still in the playoffs. You know, I guess. I mean, that's that's, that's a hard nosed way to look at it, but life deals you a tragedy. You kind of got to improvise, adapt, and overcome. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't have to go with that coin flip thing with Bengals and yeah, the that would have been bad Ravens. That's just like so stupid. And Joe Mixon was absolutely right when he said on Twitter. So we just changing the rules now, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> So I thought that was pretty stupid. But uh, I'm glad that didn't happen. Um, my last rant is also football-related, and that is Georgia on Monday night yeah. defeated Texas Christian University 65-7. to Yeah. What a- this was a merciless beatdown. Yeah. And I knew when TCU upset – they upset Michigan, right? Yep. Yep, they upset Michigan. I knew when they upset Michigan, they were going to get slaughtered. And because Michigan's good, but they're not Georgia, Clemson, Alabama good, okay? They're not yeah. one of those programs. And this was just a ridiculous football game. I mean, you had players on the sidewind, side sidewinds sidelines eating hot wings yeah, towards the end that. of the game. That was ridiculous. I mean, okay, but that's just uh and now you're gonna tell me that here's here's the problem. Now I think doesn't it next year shift to eight teams in the playoffs? Is that next season? I think so. Good, because you're gonna tell me that somebody like Alabama would not have fared better than TCU against Georgia, Clemson, you know, 
even somebody like Notre Dame. Yeah. Some of these other teams that were on the outside barely looking in. You tell me they couldn't have done better than that? That was pathetic. Yeah, it was pretty rough to watch. And you got to keep in mind, TCU lost a couple of their best players before the game, too. So uh, not only that, you're going up against the absolute uh, is monster. The dominant school right The now. most dominant school in the league right now. And, yeah, it, you knew Georgia was winning this thing months ago. <laughs> They're just so good, and they're so unstoppable right, right now. But or that forced. wasn't even a fun – that's not even a fun game. That's not no. even entertaining. They said it was like the lowest Unless ratings, you're a Georgia fan. Lowest ratings in a while because Georgia went up so quickly. It was like, right. uh, I don't even watch. It's it's a bad look. It's a very bad look. I'm really glad they're expanding the playoff field because this was bound to happen when you only allow four teams in. Yeah. Because you know you're getting the SEC champ in there one way or the other. Yep. Usually. So, I mean, that's the way it happens. And, you know, now that you expand it to eight, you're going to have a chance for other teams. And TCU, yeah, could have got an upset. They got the upset on Michigan. Good for them. I was, you know, I don't mind watching Michigan and Ohio State lose. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have rather seen Michigan-Ohio State play for the national title than watch Georgia crush the – the horned toads is that the, is right the mm-hmm. horned, horned toad. frogs but yeah horned frogs yeah sixty five to seven that's just pathetic that's that sucks yeah that is a a just a terrible way to end the college football season yeah it's like once you get up a certain amount of points man you got to just take your foot off the gas a little bit it's not early in the year when you're trying to make a statement trying to right make your case to be in those playoffs you're already there. You're up forty to seven, just you know, second string, third string, and just don't go so freaking hard. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't even mind that TCU. You're supposed to be able to handle it. You're, you know, I have no sympathy for them at all. Yeah, show up. This is the college national championship. <laughs> yeah, the lady I work with, her husband's went to TCU, and so her son. Oh man, in turn is a big TCU fan, and she's talked oh. about TCU for years that I've worked there. And so they were so excited. They went out to Arizona and saw the Ohio State or the Michigan game with them and just had a blast. They said it was one of the greatest games they ever saw. Looked at tickets for the national title game, ended up not buying them because they're like Super Bowl prices. And yeah, he had a big party at his house and he was had all his friends over. And he said she said he was under a blanket, just like frustrated because this is his team. You know, this is yeah, yeah, crazy. Let's move on to some raves now, Terry. Now you had said Demar Hamlin. Uh, you have released. a couple. No, it was Demar Hamlin getting released, and that was it. Yes, yeah, Demar Ham. That is a great story, man. You talk about. Well, I remember we talked about it. You know, we opened one of our podcasts just talking about the concern we had for him, and you know, and I, I think I remember saying that you know when I was watching that video, part of me is like, "Are you watching somebody die?" Yeah. And I was terrified by that. And he has been released from the hospital. Um, I'm not as optimistic as you as he'll, that he'll ever put on a football uniform again. I think he will, but, man. Uh, I think he, he will. If he does, you cannot imagine. This is John Cena coming back at the Royal Rumble level of explosion in the building. This is that. You know, This is Daniel Bryan, Bryan winning the titles at WrestleMania 30. It's that kind of an environment. 
there's not that would be the biggest feel good story in sports in as long as since the Cubs winning the World Series. Yeah, I've heard so many people thinking he's not going to. I'm like, dude, don't don't count him out, man. He's 24. He's got time to heal. He's time to get everything right to get the pass all the tests. Give him time. Right. If he was 34, I'd say eh, probably not. But he's a young dude. He's a healthy guy. Just and they're not finding anything actually wrong with him. It was just a freak occurrence. Like I said, so. that's probably what it was. That commodial cortis, yeah. which is a fluke thing. You don't have to have a heart condition for that to happen. It can happen to anybody, for right. the most part. Well, I if he comes back, man, I'll be I'll I'll, I'll be a Demar Hamlin fan for life. You know, just because it's such an inspiring story. Uh, Speaking of football, this was the week 18 and the end of a 3-14 and season for my beloved Chicago Bears. The worst team in the NFL. The worst record in the NFL. The worst team in the NFL. The worst record in the NFL. (laughs) Which is because, (laughs) I mean... I think the two go. They were one in. They were one in seven in one score games. You act like they play and the Bills so, every week or something. No. <laughs> anyway, why? Why do you do it, Terry? Why do you do it? <laughs> I just want to make sure you he pointed it? that out. <laughs> they have secured the number one pick in the uh, NFL draft in May in April, thanks to former coach Lovey Smith, who gave a double middle finger salute to the front office in Houston. And won that game Sunday. Yep, knowing it would cost them the number one pick. I yeah, loved it. I loved it. He I secretly getting that. paid by Chicago. It's wonderful. Uh, Bring it back as a defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think they're going to do with this number one pick? I think they're trading down. And I've been hearing lots of different trade trade scenarios. They have no desire for a quarterback. Um, oddly enough, with teams like the Raiders needing a quarterback. The Jets need a quarterback. There's other contenders, people who are right on the edge. San Francisco may need a quarterback. I don't know if they're sold on Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Brock Purdy uh, is 5-0. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Mr. That Irrelevant is 5-0. Isn't that amazing? It's ama- It's If he goes all the way, I will be so happy. I don't care if I pick the Eagles. I, I would love Brock Purdy to take it all the way. <laughs> But yeah, that's another great story. But yeah, so for the, for the Bears, is there several teams that are going to want that number one pick because you got a couple of really big studs coming out of college at the quarterback position? You could pick up if you know a first round, a second round, and then a first round next year, probably for that spot. Okay. So you would trade down to somebody, and you get that pick plus their second round pick, maybe even a third. And then a, maybe a first next year. You never know. They're in a they're in a good position. They don't need the QB. I would love them to get Will Anderson, that edge rusher, who is you know seems like he is a a almost a can't miss prospect. There's no such thing as a can't miss prospect, but he's pretty darn close to it as a defensive player. But the Bears have lots of holes to fill. But here here what I've got is they've got the number one pick, which is trade capital. They've already made up some ground with trades, including Roquan Smith, and uh, you know getting a. Khalil Mack out to San Diego. They picked up a couple of picks. Those were mid-round picks. They got a fifth-round pick for Mack. They got a second-round pick for uh, Roquan. Roquan. And then uh, 
They have 105 between 105 and 115 million dollars in cap space heading into the offseason, the most in the NFL. And because they had the worst schedule, mm-hmm. they had, so they had the worst record in the NFL. Because they had the worst record in the NFL, they will have a favorable 2023 schedule. <clears throat> so, and the NFC North is kind of in disarray right now. Green Bay doesn't know if, if uh, Rodgers is coming back. Minnesota can't get out of their own way half the time. Detroit's up and coming and really playing well. So they're, they're going to be – this could be a very competitive division immediately next year. I tell you what, after week two, I said Detroit and Jacksonville, watch out. Here they come. Detroit went on a run of just awfulness, and then they finished really strong. And I love that they stuck it to Green Bay. And it's like yep. if we can't I be love, in, they can't be in. Yeah. I love that mentality. That's honest. Mm-hmm. You got up there and said all the, the coach speak stuff. You know, well, we just play every game. We got to be true. He's like, no, if we can't go, we don't want them to go. <laughs> I love that. That yep. made me a fan of that Detroit coach. So I have been this entire year. We've talked about this. Because we have Justin Fields. Now, because we have the number one pick. Because we have money to burn in free agency. And because we're going to face a slightly favorable schedule next year because of having, because they rank like your, uh, you at least have two games that are not based on the conference and division that the team plays in, and their schedules will be close to the Bears. So you may end up playing Houston. I don't know what the schedule breaks out next year, or playing, you know, somebody else who's terrible. I've not been this excited about a Bears offseason in a long, long time. Yeah, a lot of people are. It, the pieces are in place to actually turn our franchise into something respectable. For sure. But we don't rely on fluke years like in uh, 06 when they went to the Super Bowl, you know, based on Devin Hester and Erlacher and, and got there with Rex Grossman at quarterback. <laughs> you know, or when, you know, during a couple times in the Cutler years, we had these flash seasons where we're, you know, surprised everybody. I want a foundational bedrock beneath this, this franchise that you can build on. And now you can because they're the youngest team in the NFL too. And like I said, they had the worst record in the NFL. I do not believe even in an, looking at it objectively that they're the worst team. They were close in a lot of those games, and they did it with no receivers, no line, and no defense. Yep. Um, they've got talent. They've just got to get some age on it and get some new, get some some more talent in there, and they've got the money to buy it. Yep. I'm excited, Terry. Excited for 2023. You should be. I think they're going to be a winning record next year. I think it's possible. Think- and in our division, that could be enough. Yeah, You could be contending. I mean, look at what happened in the uh, NFC South. The Buccaneers won it at 8-9. and nine. I hate that, but whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, that was, that was my biggest rave of the week. Terry, you said you had... Uh, football-related raves. You want to talk about it? Oh yeah. The I mean, the NFL this week. What the the final weekend's always fun because there's so much on the line and you're watching it. And especially Saturday night, Tennessee and Jacksonville. I put that game on over at my mom's house. We were doing Christmas, but I had kind of had it in the background, and that was exciting because you knew both teams win and you're in, lose and you're out, and that was just that simple for both teams. And Jacksonville with a Fumble recovery there at the end of the game to win it and go on. I was like, ah, right. they're a tough team, man. They can, they're can. they one of those teams that can beat pretty much anybody if 
they're hitting on every mark or that game. So right, that was a fun one to watch. Some of them not so much, but yeah, it was a lot a lot of fun football this weekend. Watching Detroit take out Green Bay to finish the season for the NFL was especially entertaining. I, love I, I personally wanted the Seahawks to lose so the Lions could get in, so I'd look smart. But I didn't get that. Uh, I just it, it's fine. Detroit has the same record of Buccaneers. Uh, yeah, it's all these tiebreakers. It's like, well, we we did as well as they did, but since they had more yeah. points, I mean, you got to figure it out somehow. I mean, sometimes it's, it's it seems arbitrary, but there is a you know, if you win more games, you're in. Yeah. So you're in that position because you didn't win more. Yeah. Um, so and like I said, I I really love what's going on in Detroit now. I've they're a division rival, but I've never hated them the way I hate the Packers and the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they've never been that great, you know, and so I guess it's, it's easy to do that. But I, I respect what's going on in Detroit. I th- I respect what's going on with the New York Giants. Yeah, Brian Dable, the new head coach out there, has managed to make them a playoff team, and they had nothing. And so I think he was one. If you remember back, I wanted Dable in Chicago. Now I'm I'm very pleased with the way Matt Eberflus has run this team this year. That team does not quit under any circumstance. You know, even on that 10-game losing streak, they never gave up on any of those games. They played hard. I mentioned it earlier. There were 1-7 in seven in uh, games that were decided by one score. And so that's, you know, fortune switches a little bit. Yep. And you could have been 8-1 and one in those games. For sure. You know, so I know all of a sudden we're talking about the Bears in the playoffs. So I, I'm, you know, I love to, like I said, because the guy's the number one pick, but also that Houston picked up a 4th and 20 to get the score, and then went ahead, instead of playing for the tie, went ahead for the the go-ahead with a two-point conversion and got it. You got nothing to lose. Right. Other than a first-round pick. Except the number one pick. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. I kind of liked – I would have liked to seen um, – I would have liked to seen Pittsburgh in the playoffs. I think that they really did a lot with uh, with a little, and Mike Tomlin's just a great coach. Never had a losing and, record. Yeah, still hasn't. I would like to see him in there. Uh, I am, like you, dismayed at the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are hosting a playoff game with a record of 8-9. and nine. So, and, stupid. Uh, so stupid. Better, <laughs> better teams should have home field. I don't, you can make the playoffs because you're right. in your division, I guess, but you, you shouldn't have home field for this garbage. I 100% agree with you on that. We're in complete agreement on the seeding. I think best records, higher seed, doesn't matter whether or not now, you after the, the or not. After the wild card round, it is best seed, right? Yes, it is. It is based on seeding. Then after the wild card round, so yeah, so whoever has the well, no, it's ba- it's not based on record. It's based on seeding. Yeah, it's it's, what, you're seeded in these playoffs. So that's what I'm saying. Tampa Bay got the four seed mm-hmm. with an eight and nine record. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is that you don't even do it that way. It, when, once yeah. you're in the playoffs, yeah, you make it in the wild card. But like, say for example. We've talked about it, I think, briefly, but let's say, for example, next year Detroit goes fifteen and two, yeah, um, and wins the NFC North, and the Bears go fourteen and three and get a wild card. And so, what I think should happen is the Bears should be seated just below Detroit. You shouldn't have the eight and nine teams seated above the Bears. It seems pretty and, simple, so, right? Well, how about we do something fun real quick, and we'll just we'll go through and talk about these games that are coming up. We got. Uh, 
we can kind of guess who's going to win. All right. right. I like that. All right. Wild card round. We got the Bills and the Dolphins. Bills in a landslide. They're starting a third string quarterback in Miami. Yep. And what sucks about this is there's, there's talk about that. I can't think of his name now. The coach of the Dolphins. Young guy. They're talking about him getting fired at the end of the season because they underperformed and because they went into a tailspin. But you're down to your third string quarterback. What do you expect? You got you got a quarterback whose head's soft. You know, you can keep get concussed. Really. It is like, now, man. Yeah. If you're Tua's family, aren't you telling him, "Hey, just just retire." Yeah, you made He's enough a money. Good looking guy. He could be on TV. Yeah. Yeah. He's had, I think they said he's had three concussions this year. Oh, is it three? I knew it was at least two. At least, okay, at least two. But even that, no, I, I'm pretty sure it's three. That, Jeez. Uh, so that's just too many. That's that's dangerous. You're going to end up at 40 years old and not be able to remember who you are. Yeah. So, yeah, Buffalo in a by, by 14. That's pretty uh pretty safe bet there. All right, you got the Bengals and the Ravens next playing in Cincinnati. That's going to be Ravens rivalry game. Ravens got a a third stringer as well going. So, but they held their own pretty Mark's well. Not playing this weekend? No, he's been ruled out. Oh, I hadn't heard that. He still his knee still just ain't getting there. I think Cincinnati. I think I take Cincinnati. They're extremely talented, and right now. They're hungry. They they have that sick taste in their stu- in their mouth still left over from last year, and I think they want to make amends. Yeah, and even with them beating the Ravens this past weekend, the Ravens didn't only allowed like two hundred sixty two hundred seventy total yards. So I mean, it's still a good defense. So they they got to find a way through that and hold the Ravens from getting any points. They just got their anchor on defense locked up for I think it's. Roquan. Five years? Yeah. Yeah, they gave him $100 million. I want $100 million. <clears throat> I wouldn't turn it down. Yeah. All right, next up we got Jaguars and the Chargers playing in Jacksonville. Tough. And Jacksonville beat them 38-10 to week two. Yeah, but that's a year ago almost. <laughs> exactly. But Jacksonville's tough. Chargers got a lot of, lot of good things going right now. So Is Joey Bosa back? I don't know, but uh, I know I know the Chargers lost to the Broncos this past weekend, but they didn't need to win that game, and they right. they left their guys in there longer than they should have. And Mike Williams comes out of the game back spasms. It's like, all right, why are we starting our <laughs> still going with our uh, first string guys? I'll say, wow. Oh, you didn't pick on the last one. You picked the same thing. You picked Cincinnati on the last. I, game? I'm agreeing with you so far. Yeah. Okay. This one I'm. I actually, I think I'm gonna go with Jacksonville on this one. Same here. I think they're they're playing really well right now. They got a little bit of momentum going with them, um, and I think that they pull it out. I think San Diego. Well, is L.A. Chargers now? Uh, the Chargers. Uh, I don't know. They just. I don't trust them. They. I don't think they. They're. They're not there yet. Yeah. Uh, they. They could do it. They. I mean, they're one of those people that can beat anybody and lose to anybody. So uh, the Jaguars, though, I think will win. And I would not be shocked if Jaguars came out just guns blazing and took down Cincinnati next week as well. You know, even though Cincinnati's red hot, Jacksonville's pretty darn good, too. And 
it could, we could see uh, Jacksonville versus Kansas City or Buffalo in the AFC Championship and Buffalo KC. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're still picking the wild card round. Yeah, I'd say Buffalo and KC. That's going to be a game right there. I just can't wait to see that one, that rematch from last yet. year. We're not there yet. Yeah. All right, what's the next game on the schedule? San Francisco and Seattle. San Francisco. That's not even going to be close. <laughs> no. I think that's another one's two-touchdown score. Two-touchdown two difference, I think. Yeah, San Francisco's looking so good. All right, then you- and you know what sucks is that uh, Geno Smith has played well above his pay grade all year long. And if he has a bad performance in the playoff game, all that's for nothing. Yeah. He got by putting up better numbers than Russell Wilson does. So, Yeah. Well, that's not hard. <laughs> or did, I should say. Uh, Minnesota yeah. versus the Giants. Rematch of Week 17, which was decided by a field goal. They're playing in Minnesota again. So, I don't – Minnesota can't – and this has been Minnesota's thing for The Bears' thing a long time is they can't – they can't get good talent. They they get lucky on top. Minnesota's Achilles heel is they just they self destruct. Mm-hmm. They just they just shoot themselves in the foot over and over again. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say the Giants. I'm gonna say the Giants by three again. I'm gonna say the Giants by three. Uh, a field goal wins it, and they because the Giants scratch and claw, and they're better coached than the Minnesota Vikings. That's yeah, not a bad choice. I. Uh... I am going to go the other way. I am going to take uh, the Vikings. I I also would say by probably around three or so because okay. it's it's going to be a close matchup either way. I watch we're both wrong and it's a blowout one direction or the other. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that one's the first one we disagree on. But uh, the last one, Buccaneers and Cowboys, and the Buccaneers beat the Cowboys all the way back in Week One, like nineteen to three, something like that. Dak Prescott hurt. No, that was everybody was there and healthy. Okay. No, I mean I'm talking about is he hurt now? No, I don't think I I thought he was playing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Dak's playing, but look, uh This is where I have to get into my head and out of my heart. There are three sports teams I hate. The Packers, the Cowboys, and the Yankees. There used to be four. One of them was the Cardinals, but I've softened on that because of you and my dad. After the way a lot of other Cardinals fans treated us during 2016. Um, but yeah, the Packers, the Yankees, and the Cowboys. So I want the Cowboys to lose to the eight and nine Buccaneers at home in the playoffs. I want that to happen. Yeah. That is my wish. <laughs> I will just. I don't I, think it's going to happen. I absolutely die if Tom Brady takes it back to the Super Bowl again. <laughs> I would, I would love it too, but man, Dallas is a very well-rounded team. I don't know if I'd be happy about it. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. It's hilarious, like, but at the same time, it's like, come on. But yeah, I'd probably get on board eventually. But so, yeah, this game, Here's, I think the Cowboys are going to win. All right, by six or seven. I think the Cowboys win as well. Probably, I, I would say, yeah, by touchdown. And then. We have a good chance of seeing Tom Brady in silver and black next year. God. Playing in Vegas. He'll do his Vegas residency. <laughs> the TB12 Vegas residency. <laughs> I told you Tom Brady's like Lady going. Gaga and- yep. I told you he's going for that 100,000 yards, man. He don't. I can get there if I just stay in there 
Till I'm collecting Medicare ARP. Right. Well, yeah, that's that's uh, it's gonna be fun playoffs. I always love the playoffs. Playoffs are always fun. I don't care what's going on. I've never seen a bad playoffs. Yeah. Well, let's keep this truck moving right along, Mister Thompson. It's me. And uh, let's go on. You got another rave? No, that's me, Mister Thompson. Ah. <laughs> And let's move on to our Todd Beamer, Hero of the Week. Terry, what do you got for us? I'm going to read this directly from the Good News Network. It's a, it's a great story. Uh, this is similar to what I had read last time. A remarkable story from the Christmas blizzard blanketing the northeastern United States featured the kind of smash and grab we all need to hear about. The school's alarm went off at Edge Academy on Christmas Eve, but due to the worst snowstorm in a generation, the local police near Buffalo, New York, were unable to quickly respond. When the Cheektowaga police did arrive, they found one of the windows had been broken out, but checking the school building, they found nothing out of place. They thought maybe the damage was caused from the hurricane force winds until they saw a handwritten note left on a table. The note started with an apology for causing damage to the window and having to borrow the snowblower to rescue others who had run out of gas while trapped in their cars. Uh, Quote, got stuck at 8 p.m. Friday and slept in my truck with two strangers just trying not to die. There were seven elderly people also stuck and out of fuel. I had to do it to save everyone and get them shelter and food and a bathroom. The note was signed, Merry Christmas, Jay. When officers watched the video surveillance from the school, they were astonished. Quote, we witnessed people taking care of people, end quote, said a report on the department's Facebook page. After breaking in, Jay went back out into the storm and found others who were freezing in their cars and brought them inside, 24 in total, and two dogs. In the, wow. in the school, he found granola bars, water, and blankets in the nurse's office and gathered apples, juice, and cereal from the kitchen. Kids played in the gym, and adults watched football games and storm updates on television, while the hours on Saturday turned into a Christmas Day Sunday spent sheltering at the school. Quote, when they were finally able to leave safely, you never would have known anyone was there, end quote, said the police on Facebook. Quote, this group of amazing people cleaned up all the tables and the building they found shelter in. Um... They were, there was a freezer full of food, but no one touched it. They only ate what was necessary to stay alive. Soon, police wanted to identify the mysterious Jay so they could commend him for actions that 100% saved lives. Yeah. After they did find the 27-year-old, they announced on Facebook, because of Jay Withy, people are still alive. I can hear the dogs out there. <laughs> Chill out. Uh, Sandy Black was one of those people. She said, it was an ordeal, but thanks to Jay, we all had a place to stay warm. Jay even used the school's snowblower to dig out the other stuck cars to help clear the streets for plows. Quote, I'm just grateful that I had the opportunity and I had the will to do it, Jay told ABC News. The group is, quote, like family now and is already planning a reunion in the spring. Mario Johnson vowed to return to the school after Christmas to replace the snacks they ate and the water they drank. He also inquired about the cost of the window. Not only did the school uh, decline to press charges, they told Mario not to worry about it. When he offered several times to pay for the broken window, uh, quote, they're just happy that we were safe and warm. Uh, Quote, my mom and I are so appreciative to our guardian angel, end quote. Johnson wrote on Facebook, 
Uh, Jay is now my little brother for life, he said. Wow. And police spokesperson said the selflessness that people show to help others during the storm is what Western New York is really made of. What an incredible story. Yeah. I mean, dang, just saved how many lives and just because you had the will to do it. And even the part that I think I like about that story the most is even the people whose lives he saved, they were appreciative. It'd be very easy for them to, you know, when you say smash and grab, you see the worst of people, the people that were looting Walmarts mm-hmm. and stuff during this storm because the police couldn't get there. This is a group of people who could have, were justified in a sense of basically taking anything they wanted when they needed as far as, but the fact they cleaned up after themselves, they were appreciative. They made sure that they left the place and as much a pl- as much like it as much like as it was as possible, <laughs> minus the few things they needed to eat and drink to survive. Is those are good people? Yeah, absolutely. That's and follow up with the school. More people need to hear that story because all I saw was the looting stories on the news. <laughs> yeah, uh... which those people. I don't agree with long sentences, but however long sentence we could in the United States of Rob, I think we put a cap on it at 10 years every day. No time off for good behavior. You loot during a natural disaster, 10 years, every single day. No days off. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's what a great story about these people that uh, things could have gone so bad. But by one young man, young guys, quick thinking and willingness to to uh, serve others is, I think, what the American spirit is made of. Absolutely. Absolutely. Outstanding. All right. Do we have a world record breaker, and is he someone we've already talked about before? No, it's not someone we've talked about before. Well, yeah, we've talked about this man before on the podcast, absolutely, but not in the Guinness record sense. You may have seen this because it's made headlines. Uh yeah, it, yes, it, I know which one yeah it's official. Elon Musk has broken the world record for the largest loss of personal fortune in history, according to the Guinness <laughs> World Records. Uh, Musk has lost approximately $182 billion since November of 2021, causing his net worth to drop from $320 billion uh, in 2021 to $138 billion in January of 2023. The most significant beyond food stamps. I know the most significant financial flameout in human history. His heavy losses were primarily due to the steep drop in Tesla shares, which lost about sixty-five percent of their value in twenty twenty-two. And his purchase of Twitter for an estimated forty-four billion dollars also didn't help. The previous holder for the largest personal fortune loss was SoftBank founder and CEO Masayoshi San who lost $58.6 billion in the year 2000. Look, to say that, you know, this is such a funny story. I've seen this too. He still has $138 billion. Absolutely. Yeah, I wish I could uh, find some of that money he lost. <laughs> well, here's the thing too, is that it also shows you that a lot of these net worths that you hear for people is a house of cards. Yeah. It's not physical uh wealth like they're not sitting with that money in a bank it's in estimated worth based on your you know real estate holdings your investment portfolio that sort of thing so i wonder how much of his is you know verifiable like i guess you would call it liquid in a sense that he could cash out and this is how much money 
He has. That's the that's number I always want to hear. So, yeah. Yeah, I've, I saw that story, too, and I was like, there's a lot of people online having a field day with it because there's a lot of people that hate Elon Musk now for some reason. I would imagine jealousy is near the top of the list of reasons why. Yeah. But uh, he's a weird cat. He's a definitely a different guy, but he's genius. I mean, you know, <laughs> he's a bona fide genius. And uh, yeah, so I saw that as well. Um, I'm sure he'll be all right. Tesla's shares will bounce back. Have you seen the new Tesla truck? Yes. It's very odd looking, but I could see something like that taking off. Um, he's got plans. He's going to be fine. And speaking of Elon Musk, did we talk about the glass onion at all? I haven't seen it yet, but we did talk about it. Okay. But I haven't seen it. Yeah, the Edward Norton's character in the movie is the kind of an Elon Musk yeah. type parody of right. him. So, yeah, check it out. You'll love the movie. It, watch it tonight since Phoenix is sleeping. Well, <laughs> we're Chris going early. going to watch something. But because uh, she'll be home around nine, ah, okay. And, well, somewhere in any time now, so we'll probably watch something. Uh, well, I'm gonna move on then because we've we've we got to get to some stuff. We got a lot to get to tonight. Yes. Uh, my hot take, since I didn't choose this week, is tangentially uh, related to our episode tonight, which is friends. Okay. You know the one where everybody finds out. My hot take is that here's it's hot, Terry. Okay. Matt LeBlanc's Joey Tribbiani is the best character on Friends. The best character on my hot take. On Friends? On Friends, yes. Now, we had a talk about this last time we did a Friends podcast, and we talked about uh, who we more related to, and I felt like I would more be more of a Chandler, trying to think of some witty comeback, and so I relate more to uh, Chandler. And I, I've always thought Chandler was the best character on the show because I love his smart-ass comments constantly right and especially that episode where he made a bet with them that he could go a week without making fun of them <laughs> I mean, right. that one just went, killed me i just had a second that was the new year's resolution his new year's resolution yes and uh, like a 20 dollar bet <laughs> i uh here's my here's my case let me make my case real quick and then we'll get on to our retro review his facial expressions are the best on the show Absolutely. Without a doubt. <laughs> Absolutely. Even in this episode. They're, they're, yes, they're we'll fantastic. talk about it. It'll come up again. Um, he has what is either the first or second most quoted line from the series. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> I wouldn't. I can't really tell. It, it's tied. It's, it, it'd be a close race between that and we were on a break. But uh, I like how you doing's got it. Yeah, that's the one that ever. You know, that's it's still relative today. Uh, and he is the only character that doesn't radically change in the series. No, Joey is Joey all the way. All the way. And I think he's overlooked because, you know, he didn't have the follow-up career that the other stars of Friends have had. Yeah. You know, David Schwimmer uh, would go on to be both acting and directing. He he obviously was in the Madagascar films the with Ben Stiller. Uh, Jennifer Aniston, of course, you know, she's a, she's a bona fide movie star, A-lister, um, Phoebe, you know, Lisa Kudrow, she went on to do lots of work, she's worked in lots of different things, had other great series, and, and, uh, Matthew Perry also has had some success in the movies as well, a lot of personal demons, I listened to his book 
on Audible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He said there's whole seasons of Friends he doesn't remember. I I, I had read that. That's re- insane. But you got to keep my Matt Blanc kind of making a comeback. He was in a TV show called Episodes on Showtime for several seasons, and now he's on a, a CBS show called Man with a Plan that's like five seasons in. Or no, he, I think that show's done too, but it got like five seasons. So, I mean, he's finding some success nowadays. Yeah, but fine. Right after Friends, though, yeah, he had Joey for a season or two, and that was nobody watched it. No, I think I watched the first episode, and I never watched another one. Yeah, so, yeah, he had a, yeah, he had a gap there where he didn't do it, much. My hot take is that Joey Tribbiani is the best character on Friends. Yeah, I love Joey. Joey doesn't share food. Is yep. oh my god, that the end of that scene just kills me when she's like she goes to the bathroom and says, "Yes, this better be here when I get back." And he comes back and he's got the fat kid from Matilda chocolate all over his yeah. face. Yeah. I, I'm not even. I don't sorry. even care. Or, yeah, I'm not even sorry. Not yet. even sorry. I'm not even sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh. That is my case. My hot take this week is that Joey Tribbiani's character is the best character on Friends, um, and I think that it's just he—he's the—he's a like a—he's an anchor for that show. I think he's undervalued for sure. Oh yeah, he doesn't get all the jokes like Chandler does. Mm-hmm. But if the if you if you take the whole series, all ten seasons, I think Joey's character is the best character. Yeah, hard to argue with that. Like I said, I I like Chandler, but yeah, Joey is right there. Just the, he's fantastic. <laughs> I think if I had to be honest about myself and do some very uh, objective self analysis, I probably am more Ross than any of them. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that might be the case for me yeah. too. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I'm probably more Ross than any of them. I wish I was Joey, but I'm probably more Ross. Yeah, Zach is Joey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah looking back at ross there was a time like i don't know a couple season or two where i think it was it was after him and emily so during what we're about to talk about it, he just it was just goofy. almost unwatchable yeah because he's goofy and weird and yeah but yeah we'll talk about ross in this episode too yep and this episode, of course, is the one where everybody finds out. What did they find out, Terry? Found out Chandler and Monica. Chandler and Monica. Chandler and Monica. <laughs> uh, yes. Look, uh, Terry, why don't you give us the details on this episode? Okay. It aired on February 11th, 1999. And it is tied for the highest rate rated episode on IMDb. And it's tied with the series finale with a nine point oh, wow. seven out of 10 ranking rating where if you did you look at all where did because uh, we did before we did the one with the embryos yeah early on that's a good, in our i'll look at that here real quick so we can get that up. i was just curious because i know we had done that episode 9, 9.4 for that episode okay the one where everybody all finds right. out it was like i said a 9.7 which is a great Great score, but yeah, ten. Yeah. yeah, the series finale actually went down to nine point six. So what I read had changed, but nine point six that makes this episode the number one highest, highest rated episode ever of Friends. And that's not like television ratings; that's people rating it. Yes, this is just fans. Okay. And we, I'm looking at some of these ratings. Some get down to the low sevens because some of the episodes just don't hit. 
Yeah, but, I mean, there's some of them when you're rewatching, you're you know they're easily to skip, easy to skip. Yeah, you, and it's funny because you you scroll through and you're like, there's there's a nine point two, and the next one's a seven point four, and then an eight point six, and it's just they're all over the place. So people are honestly right. review rating these. <laughs> and I just hit <laughs> ten for every one of them because they're friends fans. Now we're gonna tip our hand a little bit to the fans who are listening to us right now. Most of this podcast will be good. I had to struggle to come up with a bad and an ugly. Yeah. For this. Yeah, mine are pretty but, bland, but they, they they still fit. We have a lot of good. And I went and did something, uh, Terry, that I've not done before. But I also broke down my five favorite scenes um, from this uh, this episode. Yeah. And we'll be able to do audio for them. Oh, you got audio? Oh, so I'm going to. It, well, we're, it's, it'll, it'll, you'll be, it's not going to look like it's, you know, it's not going to be the best audio in the world. But I forgot to mention one of my. My raves this week is that I got a new toy. What'd you get? Uh, a brand new iPad 11 Pro. Oh, geez. So, Dang. It's got a really nice speaker on it. It's got like a TV speaker on it. No kidding. Dang. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. That's big time yeah. there. Nice. Cool, man. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'm going to, we'll do, we'll get to that. But I want to go through some of my good before we get to my favorite scenes. And, well, you know what? Uh, probably a lot of what we'll talk about will come from these five scenes, so we may just have to kind of bounce around a little bit. I wanted to to say two things before we get into the details of it. All six cast members shine in this episode. Yep. Now at different points, there's we'll talk a little bit uh, about Ross. Uh, if you had to put him, if you were if you were uh, ranking them, he comes in at sixth, I think, on this episode, but. Even he shines. Yeah. This is a there's a reason why people have ranked rated this show so highly. It's because there's not a bad moment in this episode. Everything is working towards the good that that moves the episode along. And Joey, I think, is the glue. He's the center around this episode swirls. (laughs) Yeah, he's got his hands and everything. I think it's amazing the way they use him as like a an anchor. I've said anchor too many times, but yeah, he is the the sun that this solar system of a show is orbiting around. Yeah, you can see on my good right there, Joey. Joe. <laughs> just, just <Yep>. Joey. <laughs> I didn't have to go into explanation, but yeah, he's great. Right, uh, and then of course Chandler and Phoebe, their battle is one of the most perfectly written scenes. In television history. Yeah, I love And not just perfectly written, but their acting, the way they approach that scene is absolute. You cannot possibly do it any better than that. Yeah, I wrote so many quotes down, but you got audio, so I don't want to step on those. Uh, did you have anything that's not specific in your good? The, I like it. You, the the cat and mouse games the whole episode between yeah. Phoebe and uh, Rachel and Chandler and Monica were awesome. They just <laughs> they're just so fun, and Phoebe's just, just turns it on the whole episode. <laughs> I love it, and oh. Chandler's uneasiness with it is fantastic. But then he gives yes. it back at the same time. <laughs> And then Phoebe's their uneasiness, and they're back and forth, and just trying not to lose. Uh. It, it's so good, it really is. It's so very, very good. And I wanted to go through and show my first favorite scene. This is one of the first scene. 
I have this as Phoebe finds out. Yes. Well, I apologize, but we are not going to be able to use audio as we thought we were. So we're going to go ahead and just have to do it the old-fashioned way. Okay. Uh, there's You don't experience a break, but Terry and I just experienced a break in the action as we tried to figure out why we could not get audio to work for these clips. But I'll just break down and uh, the best scenes. And we apologize we can't give you the audio, but it's just not working. So my first of my... Five best scenes is, of course, the one where Phoebe finds out. Yep. That's- the setup. The setup is that they notice that ugly naked guy appears to be packing up to move out of his apartment. And Ross decides to go over to see if he would be able to sublease it. And Phoebe and Ma- and Rachel go with him to look at the apartment. Um, Ross goes down to get a application. My, uh, Rachel decides that she's going to use Ugly Naked Guy's bathroom, and Phoebe looks through the window across the alley and sees, oh my god, Chandler and Monica, Chandler and Monica. Oh my god. And they just start, <laughs> oh my god, they start screaming back and forth, and the best line is, my eyes, my eyes. That's my favorite part of that scene. It's that. It's got actually leads me into a fun fact because Lisa Kudrow stated that Phoebe screaming "My eyes, my eyes" when she sees Monica and Chandler through ugly naked guy's window was borrowed from Matthew Perry, who used the line when Chandler walks in on Joey using the bathroom in the one with two parts, part one. Kudrow asked Perry for permission to use the line as he would use it, and Perry gave his blessing. Awesome. Uh, this kicks off our episode, Terry. Now we know what's happening. Then uh, there, and then too. I mean, not to, not for nothing, but they start trying to. Rachel's like, "Yes, I know," and Joey knows, but Ross doesn't know. So you've got to chill out. And then Ross walks in the room, and they're yelling. He's like, "What's going on? Like, we're just so excited. You might be getting this apartment." And they're like trying to redirect him away from the window. And they're like, "Get in here! Get in here!" They're jumping up and down. Ross's jump in, in that scene is <laughs> one of the funniest things I've ever seen on TV. He's so weird. It's like ah, it's just so awkward and. And <laughs> ridiculous that you can't help but laugh. I know, man. Yeah, so weird. But Phoebe, uh, yeah, just <laughs> her screaming was just, oh, my God. Right. So over the top. <laughs> yes. Totally sold it. Loved it. 100%. I agree with you. Um, my next up on my list of favorite scenes is when Chandler and Monica find out that Phoebe and Rachel know. Yes. The setup for this was the fact that uh, Phoebe, in an effort to mess with them, had started flirting, very overtly flirting with Chandler. Yep. And Chandler even mentions it to Monica, and she's like, you must be mistaken. He's like, I'm not mistaken. And, uh, and so then when Phoebe leaves the apartment, she actually pinches him on the rear end, and he's like, there, did you see that with the inappropriateness of the pinching? She's like, I did see it. <laughs> All right, you have a quote from this? Yeah, scene? and he said, after that, he says, so now do you believe me that she's attracting me? Monica says, oh, my God, she knows about us. And Chandler said, are you serious? She said, Phoebe knows about us, and she's trying to just trying to freak us out. That's the only explanation for it. And he says, okay, but what about my pinchable butt and my bulging biceps? <gasps> she knows. <laughs> yes. And uh, again, here's where we first get 
the uh, interaction, we see the, the showdown looming between Chandler and Phoebe. Mm. Because now Monica is upset that they're going to mess with them. Mm-hmm. And so this is where we get our first, they don't know, we know they know. Yep. <laughs> and that is because they're telling Joey that he can't, you know, they're, they're talking about Chandler and Rachel, or Chandler and Monica go over to Joey's apartment and say, uh, they know about us. He says, he says, Phoebe knows about us. And he's like, well, I didn't tell them. <laughs> and they're like, them, Phoebe and Joey. <laughs> and so he's like, the head turn. No, Rachel. And they're like, they're trying to mess with us. He's like, but they don't. And then Monica says the line, but they don't know. We know they know. And Chandler's like, ah, yes, the messers become the messies. <laughs> and Joey's just like, can't we just tell? Because I just want to go back to knowing nothing. <laughs> That's my favorite. And I love that line from Joey. His line is, can't we just tell everybody and come with the truth? Because I can go back to knowing nothing. <clears throat> love that scene. And again, Joey holding it down. All right, number four on my top five scenes. Hey, look, ugly naked guy's got a naked friend. That's our. Oh my God, that's our friend. That's naked Ross. <laughs> yep, that was a good one. That is such a great scene because you don't really see it coming. No. <laughs> the setup for that was that Ross had, you know, gone over to Luke's apartment and then he came in all cocky. I probably got the inside. I can't remember the exact quote, but I've got the inside track. He says, go look at the window. You'll probably be able to see. I know it's unethical, but I left him a gift. If you look through the window, you might be able to see what it is. And they're like, uh, is it that mountain bike? No. The pinball machine? Is it, is it the pinball machine? No. It's the, the the basket of muffins. Oh, the big one? No. <laughs> the little one. So he's trying to find an edge. Uh, so they'd say, well, we've been looking at him, staring at him, you know, for six years. And so they, uh, then he decides, he goes over, knocks on the door. And he's like, I can't help but notice that you're naked. And he applauds. That is how God intended. And so you think he's just buttering him up. You don't ever expect that Ross is going to be naked in Ugly Naked Guy's apartment. Yeah, I guess there was a deleted scene where they they show him both sitting on the couch together or something like that from a distance. <laughs> that uh, was number four, just because everybody's reaction and Monica even stays in character and turns away into Chandler's chest. She doesn't want to see her brother in that state. But uh, definitely got a laugh. It was a classic scene. Because it, it comes out of nowhere. You're, you're focused so much, so focused on the shenanigans mm-hmm. between Monica and Rachel, and uh, or Monica and Chandler and Phoebe and Rachel, that you forgot that Ross is on a mission too. Yep. And once again, it's Joey who highlights the uh, the action in that scene. All right, my fifth favorite scene from this episode is the one that we uh, we we talked about a little bit in the good when Chandler breaks. Yep, that whole lead up to there it escalates to where she comes over to his apartment. Um, they actually start to kiss, and then he breaks. It's like right, 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 right. I can't have sex with you. Why not? Because I'm in love with Monica. And Phoebe's like. You what? And Monica comes out of the bathroom. He's like, I love her. Her. I love her. Yes. And I just, I love that scene. Yeah, it's a great it's thing. It's so in character for Chandler to just fall apart in that way. Yes, it is. And it was after all the hijinks and everything, and then it, it ends on a note like that. You're like, 
Oh, dang. <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah. Love it. It was, and what makes it even better, but even funnier is that Phoebe's line of, I just thought you guys were doing it. I didn't know you were in love. <laughs> and so <laughs> I don't know why that line gets me every time, but it does. I'll tell you why I like Chandler. I have a, another scene apart from that scene was okay when he dips over. I, I can't remember if he's dipped over to the bathroom or it's right before uh, they Phoebe comes in. But Monica says, make her think you want to have sex with her and it'll freak her out. Chandler says, okay, uh, how far am I going to have to go with her? Monica says, she'll give in way before you do. Chandler says, how do you know? Monica says, because you're on my team, and my team always wins. Chandler looks at her and says, at this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's perfect. Like I'm saying, this episode is perfect. There's really not a flaw Fe- in it. Phoebe saying, you know, when you say things like that, it makes me want to rip that sweater vest right off. <laughs> <laughs> And then Chandler's trying to call her bluff. He's like, in a really really weird, awkward way, he's like, yes, I'm glad we're going to have all the sex. (laughs) If he was like, you should be. I'm very bendy. Yes, I'm I'm very bendy part was right. Uh, Oh, so good. So funny. And their their physical interactions with each other in that scene, that's a master class in how to do it. I love where... uh, they're trying to like. They're both realizing that this this conflict is reaching a crescendo, and like, they're they're racing towards the cliff. Somebody's got to stop first. Yep. And Phoebe reaches in and holds him, and reaches around and puts her hand on his butt, and you can see Chandler like he's gonna grab her chest, and then he stops <laughs> and he just puts his finger up on her shoulder, like on her collarbone. Yep. And he looks up. This that was perfect because you know Chandler wasn't gonna be able to pull that off. No, no. And when they finally go in for the kiss and. They're kissing. Chandler's got his eyes closed, and like, awkward kiss. and then yeah. Phoebe's got her eyes open because she knows she's winning this, <laughs> and she's just smiling oh. while she's doing it. It's great. <laughs> uh, we, we left out another great part uh, from that whole scene because it's like a, it's, it was oh, a I got long more. Scene. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I love too that Joey finally comes in. He's over at at, at Monica Chandler's apartment, or I'm sorry, Monica Rachel's apartment. He comes out. He's like. Oh, you guys aren't done yet? I want to sit in my chair. I love that line. I just want to sit in my chair. Rachel follows up and says, Joey, look at it this way. The sooner Phoebe breaks Chandler, the sooner this is all over and out in the open. He's like, oh, I like that. Okay, okay. I like that. Show him your bra. He's afraid of bras. Can't work him. And then he just kind of kind of does something with his fingers there and just then did a little flick of his fingers and Phoebe's blouse rips right open. Yeah. She's like, wow, you didn't rip off any buttons. One line I like to use. Not my first time. Not my first time. <laughs> yes, I still I use it. that line on random <laughs> things all the time. I've done. I've caught myself using that line before too. When I do something, people say, like, "Oh, not my first time." Yeah, I, I try uh, to say it like Joey does. <laughs> that is that. Yeah, you're right. That's that's one of the better lines of the episode too. And just the ease and the smile of satisfaction just crosses his arms. He's like, "That's right. I'm Joey. <laughs> this is what I do." <laughs> when Monica's in the bathroom and Chandler goes to talk to her and she says, now you go back out there and seduce her till she cracks. And he says, okay, give me a second. Did you clean up in here? She's like, of course. <laughs> Just random stuff there. Right. I, I, the, another one is when the first time, when Chandler invites her over when he's on the phone, he's calling her mm-hmm. and uh, Monica's sitting right, standing right next to him. Monica's, I watched the, one of the episodes. One of the times I watched this week, I just focused on the people who weren't talking in each of these scenes, yeah. Because I wanted to, wanted to see how what they were doing, 
And she's sitting there and she's listening. She's smiling because it's her idea and she's into it. But then he like gets try to get like he plays it up too much. Like, can everyone touch my bicep and maybe more? And Monica rolls her eyes at him while she's sitting there right next to him. He's playing her game, but it's so much like her character that she would be critical of how he was playing her game, and it was just phenomenal. Yeah, I love when he Phoebe first and when he says he, he's been or Chandler says he's been thinking about her all day, and she's like, "Huh? <laughs> what?" And then afterwards, she's like, "Oh, he wants me to feel his bicep and more." <laughs> yes. And, uh, oh, I left off. That was my third. I skipped right over my third uh, favorite scene. Is that scene when that happens with Phoebe says, huh? And they're like, and then Rachel's like, I can't believe he would do that to my. And then she stops and looks at Joey. And they both turn and look at Joey. And Joey's sitting there basically like twiddling his fingers, looking up. <laughs> and they're like, Joey, do they know? <laughs> no. Joey. They know you know. <laughs> and then Phoebe's like, and I'll let you say this line. I've been stealing all of them. No, she says, they don't know that we know they know we know. And Joey, you can't say anything. Couldn't if I wanted to. Couldn't if I wanted to. <laughs> best, couldn't if I wanted to. And it's just perfect. I love that line. Like I said, Joey holds this. He's the center of this whole episode. And without his interactions, his uh, his. You know, just his presence, this episode kind of frays a little bit, but he's just perfect. They're all perfect in this episode. I love this episode. Uh, it is. And then, then the, the to round it out, the actual episode part of rounding it out is uh, Ross, who has been on a sabbatical from his job at the museum for anger management issues. He has his supervisor, and then he's been gone for a year. He has a supervisor over his look. I've got a new place, new outlook. I've got my anger under control. And his boss is just like, we're going to be so great to have you on. And all of a sudden you see Ross's eyes go off of the person he's talking to, looking out the window. And he's like, what? No. No. And in a rage, get off my sister. And so, perfect Look. ending to this episode. Oh, yeah. Loved it. And then. The very following episode starts off with him trying to break into the apartment, and uh, yes, he he's like we had a good run. <laughs> yeah, Chandler's like I'm out of here. Uh, I'm going on the lamb as well. On the lamb, yeah. <laughs> yep. And then Ross is all mad, and then he realizes they're in love, and he just completely changes demeanor. Oh, you guys are in love, my best friend and my sister. <laughs> it's like oh god, get out of here. But uh, what was another good one? Oh, another good I had for this episode. Never, I never did say was the writers on this episode do a great job of making you believe that a group of friends would actually do this in real life. <laughs> right? But you know, this definitely would not happen to this extent. Which Absolutely. I loved it. I, I mean, I I was totally hooked and I laughing the whole time because it was, was well written television. I agree. Uh, well, that was the rest of my good because I had my scenes in there. And did you have any other good that we didn't get to? No. How about fun facts? Did you have fun facts for this episode? Uh, let's see. I, I already said one of them here. This is the first episode to mention Hugsies, Joey's stuffed penguin animal. <laughs> uh, 
One of the reasons why the audience laughed so much when Joey told Phoebe it wasn't his the first time he opened a blouse was because it actually took Matt LeBlanc 12 takes to get it open. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, whenever one of the characters is discussing about the knowledge of Monica and Chandler's relationship, the word no and its variance is spoken 37 times. Wow. And that, that was it. There's not a lot of, it's hard to find facts about single television episodes. I did have a bad and ugly. I have a bad and an ugly too. Like I said, mine are a little bit of a stretch. Because this show is flawless. I would put this as a bad, all because I had to come up with something. And that is that Ross is at his most Rossiest Ross in this episode. Yeah, the next episode too. He he leans into the whining a little bit much uh, towards the beginning of the episode, where he's, especially when he's talking about the apartment and, you know, that's it. And even that, like I said, this is such a nitpick because I don't have a bad. Yeah. Say mine was, I just wish this episode was a two-parter. I would have liked more back and forth games between those folks. I wanted to, I wanted to see more games between them and just okay. see them slowly build to this even more, but it's hard to do that on a 22 minute episode. Yeah, They, they squeezed really a lot in a little amount of time. So I give them credit for that. And still an amazing episode. I would just like a little bit, not even a two-parter, maybe just like another 10 minutes. Uh, Yeah. I guess you get a little bit of the carryover. Like you said, the next episode begins immediately where this one left off, which is not always how it works. But so that was a carryover, you know, with Ross finding out. And uh, Ross actually has a couple of really good moments in that episode Mm -hmm. where he's like, my best friend and my sister. And I was like, my best friend and my sister, you know. Was, you guys was, knew the whole time and you didn't tell me? It's because we were worried about you. You were worried about me? <laughs> <laughs> yep. God. Oh, yeah. So that was, that was, he had a good performance in that one. My Ugly. Now, this is uh, nothing against this episode. It's ugly just in sense of circling around the show, yeah. in a sense. And it's not really ugly. It's more of an observation. But again, I had to put something into these two categories. Mm-hmm. This is an overall observation, but Monica and Chandler are a far more interesting couple than Ross and Rachel, and they should have been the one that everyone associates with the show. Yeah, and I feel like they didn't get as enough of the spotlight as they should have. And, of course, they got their episodes where it's more focused on them, but... Yeah, Ross and Rachel definitely got the lion's share of that throughout the series run. It is right. Well, it was from it was from the first episode to the final episode, ten full years yeah. of Ross and Rachel on again, off again, on again, yep, type of thing, and that tension. And but the that and that was good. I mean, the one with the prom video still gets me in the feels sometimes when they watch the video and then she stands up and walks over and just kisses him. It's still. You know, registers an emotion in me. She's his lobster. Yeah. But uh, if you're just observing the the characters, Monica and Chandler are a much more interesting dynamic than the love, hate, love, hate, love, hate between Ross and Rachel. Yeah. And plus, too, not for nothing, but I think Rachel was cruel 
to Ross many, many times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there was a lot of times where you're like, come on. <laughs> All right, Terry, what was your ugly? Ugly naked guy's back. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good call. Pretty gross. That's a great, that's a great, that's a great ugly, Terry. That's perfect. Hey, uh, it's built right into the guy's name. Exactly. Ugly naked guy. Exactly. He just stand there. I'm like, oh, guy's all sweaty and different colors. And uh. why did I think of that? I feel dumber for not having chosen that. <laughs> he just stands there. He's not even talking. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, what? Did you have any final questions then? I didn't. Okay. I have two. Okay. The Friends had a reunion show where they basically got together and talked about the old days. Mm -hmm. What would a real reunion show where it's actually a scripted episode, what would that look like or should look like? Well, well, shoot. We're uh, 17 years past now. So if you really wanted to go just exact amount of time that's passed, uh, Chandler and Monica's twins would be 17 uh, years old and and they were the youngest on the show so you could actually set it go ahead i'm sorry i was saying then you got ben who'd be in his 20s so they they'd be adult i mean they'd have kids that were almost adults by now so going off that and then uh i don't know so it's 17 years since the end of the show is that well that's eight, eight, the year now? 18 now now we're in 2023 so so if you went to the to the actual two more years and waited till it was a full twenty mm. after the show's ended, technically you could reasonably say they'd be empty nesters. Yeah, the kids are gone. That's how you get them back together somehow. That's one way to go with episode. it. Yeah, it'd be hard though. Joey moving out to L.A. would man, God. Writers are smart and they make things work, but man, I don't know. I don't even know if I, I want to read. We're overthinking episode. it because it doesn't have to be a whole season. Just like a, if you were gonna be able to do one one hour special episode, uh, the twins or Ben or Emma get married, and everybody comes back to New York for the wedding. It's a New York wedding. That'd be something. I would really want uh, somebody to really make sure this is very well written and not just do it just uh, as a cash grab. That's the only thing I worry about. Well, if you got that's you know, that's the that's the big if. These things rarely, rarely would ever work. Yeah. So I guess you know, um, if you had to, if you're going to storyboard it, I think your premise is the wedding. You get everybody back in town, and you have to have comedy in its traditional sense, in its ancient sense, mm-hmm. is everything nosedives and then goes back up. That's true comedy. It's not necessarily about jokes. When you talk about ancient, you know, classical literature, a comedy, like divine, the Dante's divine comedy is basically him going to hell and then going to heaven. It's not full of jokes, but the comedy was, there's, you know, uh, is an obstacle to overcome 
and that has to be overcome. And then the the overcoming of that, and we've taken that to use in a comedic sense as far as with laughter, but it's not necessarily how it is. So you have some kind of thing, obstacle they have to overcome. They have to, and that's where your hilarity can ensue. Um, You know, you can maybe bake in some things along the lines of, you know, people have gotten out of touch, people who have drifted away. You might have to have Phoebe divorced from Mike from because Paul Rudd is a mega movie star now. <laughs> He'd probably be harder to get for a show. Not with that cast. I, I Paul Rudd, awesome. He'd do anything. Yeah. I think it could be done, but... Uh, I don't think you'll have as much Paul Rudd. I don't think Rudd. it ever will be. Yeah. If you did, it would be it had to be like a movie or something, a two-hour movie. Where, I mean, they did Sex in the City 1 and 2, so, I mean, that was a big show throughout 90s and 2000s, and they came back and made movies, and it made money, so the audience will be there. And Oh, yeah, the audience is there. That that special proved it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that thing was huge. Uh, I would love to see it. I don't know that we will. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with that, though. Matt, yeah, Matthew Perry, after having listened to his book... Um, I don't think he's ready to go into that type of thing, you know, anything that would cause him to relapse again because he's basically almost died several times. His addictions were that uh, intense. Yeah. All right, second final question. This is for you, Terry. Okay. Could you spend one whole week being friends with Ross? I think so. You think so? He's a weird cat, but... You know, we all are, and yeah, he'd be all right. He'd be kind of weird and awkward. I mean, I'm more on awkward people all day at work, so, and okay. not just not just calling out my coworkers or anything, just patients and people, people and people in general. It's around hundreds right. of people all day, and there's definitely some awkward ones in there where it's kind of like, oh boy, I think I need to get out of here. Hard. <laughs> if you notice in the show. Ross doesn't have a single relationship outside of the the uh, core group that lasts. Yeah, I guess you could say that's true about a couple of them, but it's it's baked in the fact that I don't think Ross makes a lot of new friends. Yeah, um, he has work friends, and that's about it. Yeah, so uh, I think he'd be <clears throat> he's a little bit of a tough hang, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, but, but those friends still like him around he still comes around they're still they like, happy him. to see him and so yeah he sucks but he's our guy so yes yeah, so. <laughs> well that was my last final question terry do you have anything else to add on this episode i did not all right you want to know what we're doing next week uh i thought we had a rush more to do oh shoot yeah okay almost <laughs> forgot <laughs> Our Mount Rushmore this year was this week was our favorite TV couples. Yes. One. I think we share one. Yeah. Okay. I'll start. I'm gonna go with Chandler and Monica. I made my case for them already. Probably not gonna be hard for Terry to guess that they were gonna be on my Rushmore since this is our Rushmore. Chandler and Monica's on my Rushmore. Yep. And I, I threw Ross and Rachel on there because of the longevity of that storyline. That arc was, it was great, and it started off great, and it finished great with a lot some some ups and downs in the middle where it wasn't as awesome, but it it, it was a great storyline. 
I like Drake. Yeah, from everywhere from, you know, season one, um, Ross saying, I grabbed a spoon in that, uh, it was, I think it was the first episode or the second episode where he says, I grabbed a spoon, where he, he ind- ind- indicates that he might want to ask her out. Yeah. And then to the final episode with Rachel saying, I got off the plane. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's a 10-year journey. Um, my The only reason I didn't put them on my list is because I'm on the record as saying that Rachel annoys me. Yeah. I got it. I, I figured you would, too. So Yeah. I, I was glad. That's why I put Ross and Rachel. I was like, well, he's going to have the yeah. other one, so. Yep, so I had Chandler and Monica, and for the reasons we've talked about a little bit, I think that their dynamic, those two actors, work well together in yeah. scenes. And you notice a lot of the raw, the, a lot of the uh, Ross and Rachel scenes, it's conflict yeah. that's between them that's driving the story. Yeah, you know they have mutual attraction. They're both they both love each other, but most of their story centers around conflict. We were on a break, you know, and so, uh, and with Chandler and Monica. There's a lot of genuine um, give and take, yeah. you know, because they give it back and forth to each other. It's not like confrontational, but, you know, you can see where he steps in to build her up when she needs him, and she does the same for him. Yeah. And so I, mean, I really love their They're an alternate for me, my first alternate probably. Okay. I actually didn't do an alternate because when I got my four, I was happy. And so I got uh, my next up. Seven of them. Okay. Well, good. We'll have some time to talk about yours. Terry, this might have been a little bit before your time. I don't know how much you watched the show, but Sam and Diane from Cheers. Yeah, I, I had, I know I've seen the whole series. When I first got Netflix streaming, Cheers was on there, and I said to myself, okay. I've seen a few episodes of Cheers. I think I'm going to go watch all of them. And over a few months, I watched every single episode of Cheers, and I was like, this show's was great. I I I, yeah. I love this show. It was so good. And Sam and Diane. Yeah, and then Christy Alley came in after that. And, but I've only seen them all one time, and I can go back and watch any of them at any time. But, yeah, just. They were really like my first uh, sitcom couple. I was, like, hyper aware of, like, their it, that's a different kind of relationship that's being shown. Mm-hmm. It was, and that was the same reasons that I talked about with Ross and Mitchell. They were adversarial so much. And it was a whole will-they-won't-they they dynamic, of course, which has become a TV trope. You can't have any sitcom without that happening um, but they were the first ones I remember so they made my list based on that right. and plus both outstanding actors mm-hmm. great show another you know another TV classic yeah I really enjoyed that show alright what's up next on yours I mean dude you knew this was coming for me Pam and Jim Pam and Jim yeah absolutely yep. Office is I didn't probably my, my favorite I show I didn't put that on mine because yeah I didn't put that on here because I knew that you were going to <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I wanted to leave that one for you. I didn't want to steal your thunder like you stole my thunder on the Jar Jar Binks's character. I'd most like to get to beat up. <laughs> I didn't mean to either. That was a thing. I wish I would have. I know. I know. I wish I would have kind of clued into it until right before I said it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Jim and Pam. That is just one of the better ones. That's been one of the more better written will they won't days that you've ever seen. Absolutely was, and. Yeah, I love it. They don't even see them really get together for the first time. I mean, you see the kiss at casino night, but then she right. says no. But then when they, hey, you available tonight and for dinner? And then you don't see anything. It's When he says it's a date. It's a date. When he says it's a date and she just tears up. The look on her face when she turns back to the camera is 
perfection. Chef's kiss. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it starts the next season, and they don't even touch on it the whole episode until the very end when, when she gets in his car down the street. <laughs> yep. Because was, that was true to their characters, too. And I like I appreciate the writers of The Office that did that, that didn't all of a sudden just make them, you know, the office couple, and they're all hanging all over each other in front of everybody. That was in line with who their characters were. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice that they, they, they always on camera, they wanted the privacy, and they played to that pretty well. All right. Next up on my Mount Rushmore of TV couples, Brian and Stewie <laughs> from Family Guy. I mean, they're a pair. They're a duo. They're, I don't know if yes. I'd call them a couple. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> because... uh uh, they're 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 the funniest part of that show, Brian and Stu. They are. Uh, we actually went by, back seriously like a week or two ago and started watching some of the newer episodes that we had never seen. Because I got away from watching it for like the last ten years, and right. we just picked up and watched probably half a dozen episodes. We're just like, this show is still ridiculous and still great. You're the one that turned me on to the show. I had never seen it before. And you're like, you've got to watch Family Guy. I'm like, okay, it's, isn't this look like The Simpsons? You know, as my, I was thinking, okay, it's another cartoon. It's like The Simpsons. Uh, I thought The Simpsons were okay. Yeah. Uh, but you're like, no, watch this show. And when I did, I'm like, oh my god, these people are crazy. Who wrote this show? This show, this is outstanding. These people are just not right in the head, and I love it. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane is genius with the direction he goes. He gets in lots of trouble, but he doesn't care. He's just like right. It's it's comedy, guys. <laughs> He'll laugh all the way to the bank. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, Brian and Stewie. Um, as, yeah, like you said, I'm I'm loosely defining de, uh, loosely defining the word couple there, but uh, I'll stand by it. All right. Next up for you, Terry. Well, I'll go with my one that I am pretty positive you won't have on yours. I don't even know if you've seen this show. And that's Kev and Veronica, who goes by V in the show. And that's from the show Shameless. If you've never watched Shameless, you don't know. But I don't know. I've never watched it because it's one of those that I can't watch with the kids around at all. Not even a little bit. And it's I've heard it's good. It's um, it's uh, very good. <laughs> it's William H. Macy in that show is fantastic. But Kevin V are the neighbors who are always over and yeah they they're fantastic there's this the things they do <laughs> and Kev is one of the best characters on the show and but yeah they're not even a part of the core family that's there but they're basically family just cuz they're so close with them but yeah Kevin V anybody listening that's watched Shameless knows I'm right okay this one, my next one, you're not. It's not on yours. So I thought we would share. Uh, we I thought we might share Sam and Diane. No, no. But because I didn't think we would, I didn't think we were gonna share Ross and Rachel because I knew I wasn't gonna pick it. This one I know we won't share. So we're going zero for four. You know I wouldn't have Brian and Stewie too. <laughs> yeah, I knew you wouldn't have that because that was kind of a, a curveball yep. uh, that threw at you. I'm gonna be in a minority on this. It's not as popular to other people as much as. Other people don't like it as much as I do. I'm a huge fan of this show. And that is New Girl and Nick and Jess. Okay. I love them as a couple. 
I love the character Nick for one thing. Uh, I love that act. It's Josh Johnson, I think, is the actor's name that plays Nick, and uh, I love that character. Nick is just a train wreck, but he's a funny train wreck. He's a self-aware train wreck. And uh, Jess, I love that character too. She's, you know, she's trying to be two things at once. She wants to still be, you know, girly, girly, but she's strong and she's independent. And she wants things and she's, you know, knows what she wants. And just, I love that dyna- dynamic between the two of them. And so they made my list. I get it that it's not as big a show for other people as it is for me, but that's one of my ones that I'll watch over and over again. Uh, everybody that's, that has watched it and has watched as much as you do, they all say the same thing. This show's great. And I never heard anybody say, oh, I watched an episode, didn't like it. It's, it's always, oh, you haven't seen New Girl, you need to watch that. So it's on my list. <laughs> if you're I think. ever looking for a new show to casually watch, New Girl would be one. I think it's on, it's on Netflix. Yeah, I've seen it on there. All right, so Terry, round us out. What's your last one on your Mount Rushmore? Because I probably relate with these two more than almost any other one, and that's Dan and Roseanne Connor. Ah, uh, that's a great choice. Yeah, yeah they're just uh, mo- that was a fantastic show. The most normal, regular, the typical family that you would see on television. Not this yeah. upper class. I'm a doctor. She's a this, and I'm a lawyer. No, it was. Uh, he works on cars. She works at the diner. You know, <laughs> regular yeah. working class family, and I, I liked it. They were hilarious. Um, early, the first seven seasons or so, solid. The last couple were right. a little rough, especially the last season. But yeah, yeah. but uh, for the most of the run, Dan and Roseanne. Yeah, Roseanne let her politics start to seep into it, mm-hmm. her far left-wing politics, and it's 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 kind of crazy that she swung so far left on the show, and it was her right-wing politics that got her fired from the show, which is a dramatic show. Oh, on the Connors, the reboot? Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh... <clears throat> well, she got fired for making those statements about the one lady that worked for Hillary Clinton, I think it was, or for... Yeah. Was it? Anybody. Yeah. So, and her support for Trump was the real reason that she was fired so <laughs> which is a crazy swing man that's a crazy career arc yep <laughs> all right you said you had some alternates terry let's talk about i already it. said chandler and monica another one had to be on this list was april and andy from parks and rec <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's a good one yeah chris pratt and uh oh, i can't think aubrey plaza are great Yes. Well, I think that's probably heavily influenced by how much your wife loves Aubrey Plaza. Oh, yeah. We watched uh, uh, Life After Beth recently. Had her in it. That was a, kind of a dark comedy from the 2013, 2014. And it's about a woman who... It, you, she's already dead, but for some reason she's back. And it's like okay. she's a zombie, and it just like progressively gets worse throughout the episode. Or the episode, the the movie, but it was it was it was a it was a fine watch. It was nothing to go out and run to see right away, but it it was good. But yeah, April and Andy for sure, Homer and Marge, just because of thirty four seasons or something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. And you said you don't like you thought Simpsons was okay. It, there's some episodes of Simpsons that were hilarious, but yeah, I get it. But the, the longevity and their 
everybody knows who Homer and Marge is. Everybody knows yeah, all the absolutely. Simpsons, whether you watch it or not. And I haven't watched a new episode in so long. <laughs> 25 seasons, probably. You know, I haven't watched a new right. episode. I'm in the same boat. Uh, next. I lied. I did. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I'll say my next you... one. Go ahead. Jack and Kate from Lost. I'm not allowing that. Not allowing that? Not allowing it because it was a three-way. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was a, about a, to say. <laughs> it was a uh, love triangle. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that. And I have to stand up for Crystal because she was Team Sawyer all the way. Yeah, and I was going to, I was just getting ready to throw in there. And, but you have Sawyer there being part of this little thing going on here. So that's why it's an alternate. <laughs> like I have the power to not allow it. <laughs> so, what were you going to say? Well, you would probably not allow my alternate because I do have one alternate. What's that? That I discarded because I'm like, there's no way Terry will let that fly. <laughs> that's uh, Jesse Pinkman. And Walter that White. Is not a, a couple. We're talking romantic couple. I know. That's why I knew you wouldn't let it fly. Uh, I, 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 the Brian and Stewie was a stretch, but at least there was genuinely a, genuine affection between the two of them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I knew that one wouldn't fly. So that was why I didn't call it, count it as an alternate until I decided I wanted to lay it on you anyway. Yeah. All right. Talking about shows that you may or may not have watched, King of Queens. Did you ever watch that? Oh, I've I've seen it. I didn't watch it regularly. Yeah, we. I mean, if you look up back up there at the top, uh, where's my thing? Right there in that green box up on top of my shelf. That's the entire okay. series on DVD I bought for Sarah. Not long after we started dating, because she loved the show, and uh, so I got her the whole whole series. And I've seen like I've seen multiple episodes, but I've never like sat down and rewatched it all the way. Yeah, Doug Doug and Carrie are the characters, and that's uh, Kevin James and. Leah Romini, and they feed off each other and back and forth. Always, this their their emotions always at like ten or eleven the whole time. And right, it, it's a great show. So that uh, that one cracks me up every time I watch it. <clears throat> Another, I think we should probably throw an honorable mention out to Dwight and Angela from The Office. That's not a bad one to say. Uh, they're hidden romance for a few years, and then right. then cheating on Andy with them, and then getting away from him completely yep. for a while. And then eventually getting together in the end. So, yeah, definitely that's that's a good alternate. Any others off the top of my head? Ryan and Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> they end up together in the end again. Right. Uh, no, that's 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 that suffice for that Rushmore. I was uh, I knew I wasn't gonna get away with the the Walt and Jesse one, but yeah, I got two more. That's actually the first one I thought of. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Gosh. How about Red and Kitty from that 70s show? Yes. Or uh, Kelso and... Jackie. Jackie. Yep. That one, too. Yep. Guy at work put it on in the break room the other day, and I was like, oh, God, I got to go back and watch this again. This show is so funny. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a good one. And then last, All right, Terry. classic one. Oh, you got one more. Last is a classic one, which neither one of us mentioned, but that's Edith and Archie from All in the Family. Why did I think of that? That's criminal. Yeah. You're right. That should have been mentioned. I, of course, only ever got to see that syndicated, and I've probably seen 30 episodes, 30, 40 episodes, but every time I saw that show, it was always hilarious. And <laughs> is that streaming anywhere? I don't know. I wonder. I'll have to look. 
that'd be one to worth that'd be worth going back to check that one out for sure yeah so all right terry i think you won that mount rushmore thank you i was underprepared Brevi and pluto has all in the family so you don't even have to pay anything what is it Tubi? free v which is i think amazon's free streaming service and pluto tv which is also free okay i may have to get around to those then but you have commercials yeah maybe not <laughs> all right terry next week our next episode episode 91 I'm going to say four words. All right, let's see if I get it. And if you don't get it, I'm going to be devastated. Okay. I fail at this Are a you lot. Ready? All right, let's do this. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you better not fail this one, too. I will actually lose respect for you I can't, if you fail this I can't this wait one. to lose your respect. Here we go. Clean up on aisle five. I mean, is that threat level midnight? Yes, right. we are doing Threat Level Midnight from the I office. I was thinking, is there like an original thing of this? Because Michael Scott says it in the episode, but... No. Okay, good. <laughs> we are doing Threat Level Midnight. Terry, I'm going to spring something else up on you now that I did. I made a, an executive decision without your approval. Okay. But Threat Level Midnight will be week two of a six weeks of small screen. Oh, shit. All right. We're going to go six weeks in a row TV. All right. Because I, I know we've talked off you know, off, uh, off, air, off the air about some stuff. We're going to push ourselves, and we're going to do six weeks of small screen here in the, the, the dead of winter where people are huddled around the TVs, don't even want to go watch the movies, even though it's been unseasonably warm the last couple of days. But we are in the heart of winter, Terry, so we're going to hunker up around our TVs for six weeks of small screen. We had friends, the one where everybody finds out today. Next week, Michael Scott's Opus Threat Level Midnight. All right. All right, I like it. And I already have the Mount Rushmore for next week, too, if you want to be thinking about it. Okay. Favorite in-show show. Ooh, okay. Let's write that. That down. is entertainment that is inside the show, much like Threat Level Midnight is playing in this episode. Threat Level Michael Scott's movie is playing in this episode. That is going to be probably on both of our Rushmores. But uh, your favorite in-show show. Okay. Yeah, I, I got some already. Kind of brewing. I can think of at least one right off the top of my head. All <laughs> so, right. Uh, all right, so next week, Terry, six weeks of small screen. Week two of six weeks of small screen. We're going to ramp up our TV experience by going to Threat Level Midnight. <laughs> All right, I can't wait. You made me nervous there for a second because I was like, if he doesn't get this, how can he claim to be a true Office fan if he doesn't get this reference? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I mean, it's Threat Level Midnight, but hopefully it's not like an action movie I missed uh, this quote from. So. so yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about that one. One of my favorite Office episodes, hilarious, yeah, and uh, a great a great breakdown of all those characters. And it was late in the run of the show, so it uh, also is a fun to look back 
on older characters that were there, like Roy, uh, and uh, I can't remember what Jan, Rashida. Karen, yeah, Jan, Rashida, yeah, Karen. That's right, Karen Filippelli. All right, <laughs> I just thought about her line. <laughs> uh, all right, well, we're gonna tackle Threat Devil Midnight next week. We want to thank all of our fans for tuning in with us. Sorry about the audio problems earlier. If it sounds a little bit choppy, I will have, in retrospect, by the time you're listening to it, gone back and tried to piece that together to make it sound like it makes some sort of sense, but um, we were not able to put the audio on there that we wanted to, and so for that, we apologize, but we still hope you enjoy it as much as we do. For Retro Review with Rob and Terry, I am Rob. This is Terry. God bless you, and good night. <laughs>